What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have two guests, not one, but two guests on the show. We have Phil of Filthy Finds and Brent of Loose Change Apparel, and they came together to create Gastown Vintage. Yes, sir. What's, What's up, up, boys? Everybody? Good day. Yeah, beautiful day. day in Vancouver. <laughs> we are here in the shop in Gastown. Beautiful shop. Looks great. Thank you. Appreciate it. How's it been going so far? It's been good, man. We've been uh, hustling, changed our hours this week. We were running like seven days a week, and then, uh, yeah, we're just finding we need some more time to uh, pick, and just we both got family, so it makes more sense to run it uh, Thursday to Sunday. So, yeah, we'll Oh, be nice. Here. So you slowed her down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little bit. See, that's the bonus of being your own boss. You can just <laughs> make it up as you go. Absolutely. <laughs> that's fucking rad. So, what were you like? You're like two months in now, three months? Oh, no, about a, a month and a half full time. We did a, a soft opening at, uh, at the end of summer. Uh, did the Gramble Flea and then opened full time about what's September 15th? Yeah, it was like the 14th or 15th because it was the week after the Flea, I think. Yeah, yeah I think it was September so, 14th. Yeah, we're, we're less than two months in. Nice. Um, still super fresh in the honeymoon period. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'm proud of you guys. The store looks really great. You guys have unique stock. You probably have one of the better stocks in, in Vancouver, and I hope you keep it up because I feel like a lot of people come out strong when they open shops, and then they end up like getting jaded and um, switch it up, you know? So keep it going. Thank you. Well, it's, you know, it's funny that you say that because, I mean, the reason we came together uh, and decided to go in on a shop together was to create something that Vancouver hadn't seen yet. Yeah, uh, these shops are popping up left and right. You know, as far as uh, vintage or or you know uh, thrift type stores, uh, I, I don't feel like that there's a store that you can come in and you know ninety percent of the pieces are definitely not. No, are, you guys cornered that market. Yeah, yeah, man. Because we just don't want people to come in here and then feel like that they can just go to Value Village down the street and buy the same shit. Isn't that the worst comment when someone comes into a vintage yeah. store? The it's worst, like, bro. Hey, let's go find this at the thrift store. Yeah. Good luck. And to be honest, man, I, I, at, the, at the last spot, I'd have, uh, you know, I, I would think to myself, like, why would I bring that piece into this when they could go down the street and, yeah. and do that? Especially with the explosion of thrift shopping now. It's not just vintage heads anymore. It's everybody yeah, in no, their totally. So let's talk about that. So you, you had loose change apparel before the shop. Correct. And you were closed for like what, six months before this opened? Uh, no, probably about three, okay. three months. You were a gold mine of cheap prices. Oh man, there was some <laughs> grail salt and peppered in there. There was. For the and you know what? I was thinking about this last night coming here. I'm like, shit, I should have went and shopped at your store way more than I did. Oh, I probably no. only went like five times. And not even. And you know what's funny is when you, when you, I remember the first time you came in. And uh, the one piece I remember that you grabbed off me, and I, th I think you got it for like 15, like 20 bucks, was, was the Batman Jim Carrey Riddler. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah. You pay, I think I've seen was, that pop up recently. On yeah, yeah. It, so did I. That's what made me think about it, because I love that tee. And I think, yeah, you got it for like 20 bucks or whatnot. For sure. Um, <laughs> hey, Mind I'm, you, the value then was probably less than it is now, because that was still like two, three years ago at this point. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, definitely a steal. Yeah, no, there was there was plenty of steals, and and the fact was there wasn't a lot of vintage guys coming to the shop then, 
it was mostly your just average Joes walking in and copying some some vintage gear. Uh, I mean, I couldn't tell you how many times I would hear in the store, uh, this is my first vintage piece. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I think we were for the more, uh, you know, regular Joe at that shop. This, we kind of fine-tuned everything. And yeah. this this does cater to more of the, the vintage head, the collector, that person that wants that one fire piece. Yeah, I know. It's really cool. And I think um, you're the only store that you got to ring a doorbell. Yeah, man. That's... And you're in the neighborhood where you should be having to ring a doorbell. I was just about to say, it's, it's half. It's, it's the half, hood. It's, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, you know, people feel it's a VIP experience. At the same time, if you come down to the neighborhood, you'll understand a little better why uh, why we've got the, the ringer on the door. Totally. But it, yeah, like it creates that level of exclusivity. It's like if you put something behind glass, it instantly raises the value. 100%. If you put your whole store behind a doorbell, it instantly raises the whole value. Yeah, it, it almost it, creates it took, a shock value. It took a, it took a $16, yeah, $16 doorbell from Amazon yeah, to man. just boom. Because you would never <laughs> expect it when you walk off the street and you come in here for like the first time. You would never expect this. No, totally. <laughs> totally. And yeah, you got a big sign, so it's not like you're like hidden away. Like you got the sign. No. But you still got to ring the doorbell. No, that's cool. So just a little more history about loose change. Like, Tell us, like, previous to opening that store, like, how did you get into thrifting or get into vintage in the beginning? Uh, I was into shoes. Shoes was the first thing. Uh, I'm a big Nike guy. Uh, Air Maxes were my thing. So uh, I'd start hitting the thrift stores just trying to find old shoes. Uh, were you finding a lot here in Van? Uh, I, I wouldn't say a lot, um, but enough to keep me happy. It was definitely just a hobby at that point. Yeah. So it was nothing to do with money. It was just uh, interest. Keep me. Uh, you can hear the sirens. It's reminiscent <laughs> of daily the drama. We should, start, <laughs> we should start a series, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was just hitting thrift stores, uh, a lot of Craigslist stuff, uh, things of that nature, um, uh, and then then it got into more of the gear. Uh, for me, I'm 36, so I grew up in the 90s. Yeah, man, you and me are close in age. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're closer to 40 than we are 30, <laughs> yeah. I, I like to say. Um, so it's huge for nostalgia with me. Like, that, that's what drives me, is a piece of clothing that gives you a feeling. It, I, I couldn't care less on the hype on a piece or what's popular at this point. It's what the feeling it gives you when yeah. you get it in your hands. Uh, so I, I started, and it wasn't even so much the thrifts. I was doing more of like the the Craigslist stuff, just looking online, trying to find bundles, trying to find that sort of stuff. Uh, ended up going to a couple pop-ups, uh, which are quite rare in Vancouver, at least, you know, three years ago, two and a half years ago, they were quite rare. Uh, really, the only store that I would go to is your store here and then, and it was mostly to grab my snapbacks. Nice. Mr. Snapback. <laughs> nice. Um, but... Uh, I saw a couple start popping up. Uh, I think the first pop-up I went to was uh, What's Good had a, a pop-up. Yeah, that's uh, out in Surrey. That's like a suburb of Vancouver. They're, they're in New the... West. Oh, yeah, yeah, New West. Sorry. They're in New West. Again, um, a suburb. It's like, yeah, what, 25 minutes outside 25 the minutes outside of Van. So I went and, uh, and checked out, and they, had, they just had a bunch of uh, cool pieces. I ended up grabbing a bunch of it. And... So he was open before you? or? Yeah, he was do he's been doing his thing for, for a while. Yeah, I got a few pieces from him. I got a sick Beastie Boys like coach's I jacket. Know that piece. Yeah. That's really good. License to yeah. Bill. I got from him. I might have got a couple other things. We did a trade. I've only been in there a couple times, but they're they're top notch guys. They're cool, and you know yeah. what? I, they're nice. young too. You know, I got well over ten years on them, 
and just to see these uh, these cats like put together this uh, you know little function and sell this sort of stuff, I was just like you know instead of instead of constantly just buying for myself, I could look for myself and then flip what I'm not keeping. Yeah. So it started at that. Uh, I uh, I was working a management job in a warehouse at the time. Hated my life. Just, you know, woke up every day. Fuck the man. Fuck yeah, the man. Right? Uh, woke up every day just, you know, dreading going to work and stuff. And it finally hit a point where I had my Jerry Maguire moment. Walked in there and just flipped out. Fuck this place. Fuck you. Fuck you. Did fuck you actually? You. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, took, had good benefits there, so took a little bit of was it like uh, was, it, was there a moment that, like, tipped it? Or were you like, I'm going in today and I'm telling him to fuck off? Uh, it had been building up. It had been building up. Uh, it was just a lot of stress. I was under a lot of stress. I was just feeling depressed. Yeah. Wifey could see that I wasn't happy. You know, I kind of had the conversation with her like, look, this could be coming to an end sooner than later. And one day I just pulled the trigger, had good benefits, uh, went on stress leave, you know, took my time. And, uh, and when I went on stress leave, I, I needed something to just to focus on and something that made me happy. And that's when I got into thrifting. And when I say I got into thrifting, I went 10 hours a day, six days a week, uh, every week, nonstop. Damn. And the funny it's thing dedication. is- Dedication. Yeah. You the, get to know those uh, those sorting ladies by name at that oh, point. Oh, they just have their acts waiting for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the funny thing is, is like out of my group of friends, which is a fairly small circle nowadays, as you get older, the circle gets smaller and tighter. I didn't hang out with any vintage heads whatsoever. I didn't know any. Well, vintage. even back then, like you would have seen a lot less like thrift kids, as we call it, like oh, who were actually at the, hunting. At the thrift? Yeah. I'd walk, out, I'd walk out with a cart filled yeah. every single day. It was just, it was nuts. Yeah, uh, the competition lately has gotten so steep. Like I, I remember going to Richmond Thrift just because I had some time to kill, which I never have time to kill. The like, Anakin's so Island one? Uh, no. Oh. But now I'm going to go there. <laughs> but no, the Richmond one that's like... Richmond out. Center. Yeah. Yeah. Like off number three road, yeah. whatever. That one's good because there's always designer stuff there because Richmond's got money, right? Absolutely. Richmond's got then, a lot of bootleg too. I'm, a, I'm in the yeah. thrift and then like two hours later, someone DMs me. They're like, I saw you in the thrift. I'm like, why didn't you just like come say hi or something? <laughs> it's so red and you're like DMing me that you saw me in the thrift. Like, But like five years ago or 10 years ago, I would have never bumped into anybody looking for the same shit in the thrift in Vancouver. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, It's exploded here. To the point where I don't I don't thrift anymore, at least not to, to actually get merch. I go thrifting just for relaxation and enjoyment. I nice. never walk nice. in. I've never heard anyone say that, so that's really cool. Well, that's that's why I did it in the first place was to to get out of that the you know feelings I was in with the whole workload and all yeah, of that yeah. sort of stuff. That was it's my, like you're on your own schedule. You can come as go as you please. Yeah, just get into like your methodical groove and like look for shit. Yeah, a hundred percent. So I still enjoy a thrift, but now when I walk into a thrift, I don't expect to find one thing. I, and I'm not upset when I walk out the doors yeah. and don't find one thing. When I do find that one piece, amazing. Now you get you guys are on the next level where it's like those kids are bringing you the stuff now, right? So yeah, and not to mention we're on the level where, as Phil said, good luck finding the pieces that we carry in the thrift. Yeah, could spend your whole day finding one or two pieces. I still go and just <laughs> for shits and giggles, I'll go and I'll still pick a bunch of pieces that I used to pick. 
And then at the end of my thrift session, I'll put them all together and hang them on the rack <laughs> in, in one spot and walk out the door. You gotta post and be like, yo, there's some gems, this location. I, no, no, I don't I don't post. What I do is I watch the Instagram feed. So you got it. And I watch who picked up those pieces. How often is it bombing? Uh, it's, I see a lot of people pick up those pieces. I don't even, I don't, you know, yeah, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not on some petty shit where I hit them up and go, oh. No, of course not. You know, I just, I just cool watch. To see. And, and fact is, there's a lot of kids that are thrifting nowadays. They're not worried about the grails. They actually are pumping out like those screen printed tags. And they're, I wouldn't say they're vintage sellers. I would say they're resellers. And there still are kids that are just looking for that $15 shirt, that $20 shirt. You know yeah. what I mean? And if someone can make, make some side hustle doing that then fucking power to him it's great absolutely you know? man yeah, I wish I had that when I was that age yeah totally yeah so Phil let's hear your uh, intro to the vintage game oh man it all started like I was living in LA and um, this is after I moved from Vegas I was living in LA so you I, so yeah so just so everyone knows you're born in Vegas yeah I was born and raised in Las Vegas and then um, so yeah are you a American Canadian yeah, I'm American. My wife is Canadian, so that was like my easy in. <laughs> yeah, she uh, You're a border jumper, man. I know, man. We met in Vegas, and then um, she was like leaving the casino as uh, I was, and she was with her sister, and then she kind of like hollered at me, and then uh, yeah, we kind of just like kept in contact. She came and visited me, went to a couple like music festivals, and um, yeah, then she ended up going to college there. And then right when I found out she was pregnant, I was like, we're not living in Vegas. <laughs> we're moving immediately. <laughs> so then, um, yeah, we ended up choosing. So I was in between, like, New York, Miami, or L.A. And I was like, you can't live in New York with a newborn. Because I was 23 years old when I had my daughter. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, totally. It was crazy. So, yeah, I was like, no, there's no way. You're an idiot. You can't live in New York, like, fucking How going up in Minnesota. I'm 29. 29. I'll be 30 in uh, February. Yeah, I'm a young buck, man. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but, that's yeah, rad, man. Having a kid puts a, I feel like it puts like 10 years on your life, especially when you're, yeah. when you're that it young. It definitely puts the fire under your ass to go yeah, do something. Yeah, dude. Yeah, for sure. But then... So uh, you're right about New York. Like, it's... It's hustle when I go to, It's hustle, bustle, nonstop, man. Like, compared to LA where you can like... You can be out in like a chill vibe in mm-hmm. five minutes from anywhere you are. Where in New York, you're like, you, you can't get that. Picking in LA though, I have to say one thing is fucking savage. Like if you live in LA and you rely on just going to the thrifts and the bins, like you're a G. <laughs> yeah, no shit, bro. It is wild out there. So I is that to, where you started? Um, no, like how I started, my buddy, like, cause he was at my in my agency. We met at like a holiday party, and then now he does like wardrobe rental things. And um, yeah, so his name's Blake. He uh, he took me to the rag house actually. Because he was just, like, going... In L.A. In L.A., yeah, out in, like, Commerce or some shit. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he took me to the rag house. He's like, hey, I got to style the shoot. And, like, that's where he would go to get his stuff. Like, because um, he would go to the curated spot. They're, oh, they had their own, like, section where they yeah, pulled stuff? Okay. Yeah, so then they have, like, the stylist say, sections otherwise and stuff like, like that. They get through trash to try to find style. Yeah, no, he, he had, like, a little plug. And then I kind of, like, witnessed that for the first time. And I was like, oh, shit. And then I kind of, like was pressing him and soaked up some knowledge about the lingo and like how to get into rags so then um yeah I just kind of shadowed him and then I was just finding stuff and then like just looking I was like damn this is cool and then he's telling me like what this stuff is worth and I was just like oh wow like still I still wasn't into it and I didn't really actually like start thrifting to make money until I moved to Canada because I didn't have a work permit for the first year and I was like I need something that's not illegal that I can do and make money <laughs> like 
on the side and be okay, you know? So yeah. then um, I would still go back and forth to the States, but I was like, I still want to be a So bum. you were in the process of the application, you couldn't work? Yeah, I couldn't Don't work. Don't they sometimes like, give you up a temporary work visa for that period? Yeah, but I don't know what the deal was because my lawyer submitted my paperwork and it was wrong. So I should have had it in like six months. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so he didn't include my daughter's. Um, he said that my daughter was like Canadian. There was some mix up. And then I had to wait another six months on top of it. So I was making like an okay money to live. But I was like, I don't want to struggle or like borrow money from my wife. Like any of that shit. I, I need to be a man and figure out what I can do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then, yeah, man, even like two years ago, three years ago, I would go to Value Village and just fill a cart like Tommy shit, whatever. And I've been on eBay for like 10 years. <laughs> so it's Buying like, or selling? Uh, buying. Like I used to buy back in the day like because I skated. So I would always buy like Supreme and shit. <laughs> just because nice. it's like I never – I was in Vegas and I liked it. And I knew like it was before it was hot. And you could just go on eBay and like kind of buy it for market value. Maybe like someone's charging an extra 10 bucks or whatever. Yeah. And I just like the hats and all that shit. And then, um, yeah, I realized that like – I could just go to Value Village here, and then I just started thrip, like flipping shit on Craigslist, like Facebook, and then it started evolving. Like over time, like even by the Brent, way, two underrated spots to find shit: Facebook Marketplace oof, and Craigslist. I shouldn't even have said anything. <laughs> we gotta throw some value at the people yeah, here. No doubt. You mentioned it, Craigslist. You said that's yeah, what you were copying. Yeah. And it's like I think hardly anybody goes on there, but I find. I've heard so many scores in Vancouver from Craigslist. Oh, Kijiji. Lately, though? Don't find Kijiji. Lately, though, you, you still hear come up? No, so. I mean, I don't even look, but I just, someone will hit me and be like, yo, check out this. Usually bombing. Uh, check out what I found on Craigslist or something. And I'm like, sick, dude. But no, continue. Yeah, continue. So you were, uh, you're on eBay, you're saying, buying up Supreme. Yeah, and then, like, because when I first moved to Canada, I tried to do that, but then I realized, like, because I'm into, like, IT and computer software and stuff like that, so I, like, I went in, I got, like, a MacBook Pro from um, a job, because I knew I wanted to, like, get into computer science and stuff like that, but then I was like, oh, shit, I need a job, so I kind of put that on the back burner for now, but pretty sure that's going to be, like, the end game for me, because, um, yeah, like, IT. I... Yeah, man, I just love it. Like, I just love puzzles and shit like that. So then uh, I figured out a way because, like, with Supreme, these okay, people... Okay, I, I got an app idea we need to create. We're going to talk after this podcast. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was cool because, like, I just kind of self-taught myself a little bit. And then I learned, like, you just download Xcode and then uh, you can find all the you can find all the source code online. Like, it's all just out there. But this wasn't source code. It's more like it's auto IT, so it's automated screen clicks. So it's like I could tell my computer to click checkout buy and show the exact coordinates so i'll just look at the supreme site see where like add to cart is shit like that and then i would get my like one or two oh, things so you built your own bot yeah yeah it's super easy man you can anyone can do it you just have to download yeah. auto it and like no not, not everyone i, I should me. say not me hell not no everyone, but if you Dude. if you put enough time into it and research it like you can really just figure it out it's it's just one of those things but then they the shit's made in canada and then they tax you so hard so no, it's I funny get, like, i was at a factory yesterday side note about being made in canada yeah that used to make for supreme and they still have some dead stock Ooh. but it's not the thing is it was pre so it was these jackets that they made and they were supposed to ship them to supreme and then supreme would, would have printed them or embroidered them but then supreme like flaked on the bill so they never sent oh, them shit. so they're like half done jackets Oh, what, wow. They got the Supreme tags though, and she was like, "Yeah, we made we made Supreme." Do they have the sup? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been sick. Yeah, I actually bought through. like a hundred jackets at one point and sold them off, but oh, nice. I was like, "It's super hard to 
sell a plain Supreme jacket with nothing on it. Well, people buy, spend that money so you know it's Supreme. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It's... Yeah. And it's, you could be like, it's this unreleased product. It never made it to market. But um, yeah, a ton of it's made here. The fleece, especially, like all the sweats and shit. Yeah, everything. And then, like, yeah, I was just realizing it's just not worth it because of my profit margins. Like, I would get some backpacks and stuff like that, but I would only be making like 50, 100 bucks and I would just sell it on like let go. Like immediately, right after drop. Like I would get it and then um, it would come like the next week or whatever and then I would just put it on there and sell it and then that shit was just going too slow. And I was yeah, like, Yeah, because you no can way. literally buy one item, even if you have a bot, you can only get one per style. Exactly. So like, so. No, and you don't, there's only good, good like five pieces per drop that are worth reselling. Yeah, exactly. So I'd always kind of like gauge the market on that and then I would just like make my profit off of that. But then yeah, once I realized I'd go to Value Village and then like I found Supreme at Value Village, nice. <laughs> you know? But that was like a couple years ago when you could actually go in and fill a cart and then leave. But now, like, you go there, there's people there, they do shifts, like, 9 to 12, there's usually someone there, or, like, a few people there, you know? And then it's just a never-ending thing. Like, you can go there and get lucky, but it's just dead out here, man. There's not enough for everyone. Like, you can get lucky, but there's so many people doing it that there literally is not enough for everyone. Like, you can fill a a basket now if you're having a good day. Especially (laughs) if you're trying to run a retail Yeah, you can't. It's so hard to do. And you know what, when I first opened Loose Change, like, I didn't have any wholesalers, I didn't have an in on a rag house, I was running a store by thrifting, and then, not to mention, people started bringing stuff in, slowly but surely. So, Uh, let's get into that then, so, I was thinking about this too, there's, one of the, the hardest thing about opening a store is like actually stocking it because a lot of kids will go out and think okay I'm gonna open a shop I have all these teas I have all this stuff right you might have enough to open the store but then it's like how are you gonna maintain that stock if you're busy and you're actually selling product how are you gonna maintain that stock obviously you found when you opened loose chains it's like now I'm in the store I can't actually go out every day 10 hours a day thrifting yeah and it becomes like well you have to have a plan to maintain that stock from the get instead of like thinking about it after you've opened your store right yeah well he had a store for a couple years so it was like it was kind of we had a little insight of what was going to happen like we were prepared for it we stocked it with like a ton of heat for the first couple weeks but then we also had like a hundred plus teas put away so it was just like one of those things and then we had like we knew that we were going to go together probably like what a month after maybe like the same month that you closed and then we had like probably two months to just hunt like non-stop yeah and then um that did help a lot and then like brent's knowledge of having a store and like what to expect and stuff like that like i got super lucky just kind of coasting into that because i never had a store like this is my first business you know yeah which <laughs> but, was it was like when we first opened like and i'd i'd forget that like i'd be like Oh, like telling him something or we, we'd be having a chat and da 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 and then he'd just be like, Yo, you gotta remember. This is this is fresh for me. Like, you know, you got two years under your belt, like this is fresh and and I had to take a step back and be like, Oh yeah, shit, that's right. Like, you know, luckily he's a he's a smart enough dude, like he knew what to expect. Like Phil's put me on uh, on just as much game on on different styles. Like the way Phil and I first met, uh is I was happy with like the stuff I was bringing in. It was a lot of like, you know, B grade, let's call it, uh, B plus grade. But I, for myself, I wanted, I wanted the fire pieces for my personal. Yeah. So I was just, you know, I, I follow most local people, right? I always support the, the local community. Did you stash a lot away from your first venture? Like when you were getting stuff in? 
Uh, no, no, I don't know. That was the exact opposite, man. Yeah. I was. I don't have a collection, bro. Right. I was. I was trying to make rent. Yeah. Totally. So my whole collection, like when I first started, I had a big Grizzlies collection. I don't have one Grizzlies piece anymore. Wow. You know what I mean? Like that's what I had to do to to get the people in. We we're having a slow weeks, uh, two weeks in a row. It's like, okay, let's hit them with it. Got to do something, right? So. But then I started, I, I started searching the guys and then there's this dude, Filthy Finds, and he's blasting me with like Homie the Clown tees and, and all this stuff that I, I re, I'm really into, but I would never see in Vancouver. So I hit him up and I'm like, listen, I'm going to come by, like, let's chop it up, da, da, da. I go to this guy's house for the first time. He set up like a little pop-up in his yard for me, man. <laughs> Not in the yard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, I was trying to be professional That's on class. it. That's class. <laughs> he had like four or five racks like set up in the yard and stuff and he's just like, do your thing, like... He had one rolled up. We just chilled. We smoked and I Perfect. and chatted and and pretty much hit it off off the bat. Right, uh, I was really digging. But at the same time, I was like, okay, I'm gonna get this shirt. How much? He's like, oh, that one's gonna run you a hundred. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> this is when I was still selling bangers for twenty five dollars a piece, totally. right? But I got it. Like you know, I I knew like I was I was more into the scene than I knew what shirts were going for. I just wasn't prepared to charge that, and I think it was more of a scared thing for me. Like shit, if I start charging a hundred dollars a shirt, are people gonna still come to my shop? Yeah, and it's also positioning. It's like you position yourself in one in one way, right? Absolutely. You had like good stock. You had a lot of sports. You had really good prices. And then just to switch it and be like, now I'm going to have like crazy bangers in here for high prices. Yeah, you could scare people away. Oh, and right until the end, right before I closed the doors, it was still mostly like, yes, I bumped it up a bit, but there was really no shirts over like 50 bucks. It was going to like the 30 to 50 zone. And then I'd have this tiny little wall of like eight shirts and they were all at the $100 range. Yeah. No one touched them. The odd person would come in, you know, we'd have the Japanese collector come in and He'd grab all of them and then I'd restock them with a few more and then, but the average person would not touch those shirts. Phil like really kind of got me on my grind like, yo man, look what these things are going for. Like you have really good taste, you've got a good eye, like start charging what they're worth. So I think that's where like, that was huge for me, right? And then, and that's kind of when we stepped away from loose changes and said, how would you like to do this when we open a shop? And we said, fuck it, man, bangers. And you know what? If I get it. I lost, I definitely have lost some customers from Loose Change, which pains me because Loose Change, like I built relationships with like 80% of my customers. When you walked in, you felt like you were family. Yeah. And there was a lot of the neighborhood I was in. It was a lot of, uh, you know, a lower income, this and that. They don't, they don't have, they've never even seen a shirt for a hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Especially one with holes in it or, or this and that. So, I mean, it's bittersweet. Like it, it, it sucks to, to lose those kind of people. But at the same time, like, this is a business. This is what I love. These are the pieces that I enjoy collecting, that I know yeah, and about. And the city, the city can support it, I think, now, you know? Like, we we don't really put any of that in F as a Frank. That's why I do the Rose Bowl, you guys know. I well, think all yes, the L.A. Bro. market, man. That shit is crazy. That was the one thing that helped me out is seeing the L.A. market before I came here. And yeah. then I realized what these shirts were really worth and what they're selling for. And it's like, why would you? If you guys have the Rose Bowl set up... I mean, it's like one of those things. It just and makes so much more sense. I know all the dealers yeah, for certain exactly. things. Like, I can pretty much like take a shirt and be like, I know who's going to buy this from me for a really fair market price. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Um, but then, 
I, I think now it's changed so much. You know, I, I look at, I've talked about this before, but like before round two and after round two, like two different time frames in the world <laughs> of like hype beastdom and, and vintage, right? Yeah, because they kind of put a twist on it. Like they mixed both of them together. And they did. Like... And then it brought vintage into the eyes of all the hype beasts. Yeah. And like kind of vice versa. And they've also been, they've also opened stores in all these different cities now and then brought those high prices to the smaller towns. Like, I mean, they're still big cities, but... It's divert. Like there wasn't probably a store in Miami selling like high-priced teas and stuff like that before they opened up. And I feel like it's just it's opened up the market. I feel like, especially with like Sean having a million followers and everyone sees what he's up to and all this stuff. So basically, what I'm getting at is I think that because it's so international now, most cities can support this kind of culture. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a roll of the dice though in Vancouver. Because there there hasn't been a place where it is you know you just go for those those heaters, um, so and we said if you know I'm I'm not looking to go backwards now, so it's like if this place doesn't do well, Phil and I aren't gonna go okay let's start bringing back in let's go hit those rag connections and start bringing back in these twenty dollar tees. I'm not into that anymore. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's, so what so. Then you guys said business is good, right? People are coming in, buying shit. Yeah, yeah, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And you're, how much of that is online business versus people walking through the door? Man, a lot of it is walking through the door, to be honest. Like, I was so surprised because people were coming and buying, like, two, $300 shirts, like, consistently. Yeah. It was just crazy, man. Like, it blew my mind that we could do that in Vancouver and then it's just like, I don't know, it's just satisfying seeing someone's face when they like, when you tell them like the history about a tea and they're like, oh shit, this tea is worth this to me. And then you supply them with that. And it's just yeah. like, I feel like a lot of people aren't doing that. And it's hard to like. Especially when you do educate the people on what it is. Yeah. And, and you offer that personalized experience. I think I have a theory on retail now. So much retail is going to online, of course, right? Like Yeah, we're working on the online. But yeah, it's just. Well, I mean, I'd say do the opposite, in my yeah. view, because everyone's doing the online. There's going to be like a resurgence of retail because everyone is going to be fucking fed up with shopping online. There's no, there's no personality to it. There's no like personal relationship. There's no you relationship. You don't get to talk to the person. You don't get to feel the t shirt. You don't get to see it. You don't get to try it on. And like, you don't get to come in here and see all these fucking 90s. VHSs on the wall or your Wheaties boxes or your starting lineups or your, you know whatever's going on in here it's an experience and I think there's going to be people hungry for that experience so I say keep going with this man yeah I mean obviously sell online too but you know what when I when I open loose change for the first for the first year plus I would not ship I lost a lot of following because of it and which is a good thing because most of my following is local based yeah which is amazing when you have a, a retail spot but people just got sick of hitting me up like yo how much ship sorry we didn't ship and in the back of my mind the reason why I did that I mean I guess it was poor business uh, well but then you got to keep you keep the, the good stuff for the people that walk through the door right well it, it, and it's just I'm a, I'm a relationship guy I mean, before, before uh, I would say I'm a vintage dealer, before any of that bullshit, I'm a relationship person. Like, I actually love chatting with the customers when they come in. I don't care if you're uh, a tech guy, if you're uh, a drug dealer, or if you're a 75-year-old woman. 
I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to have a good conversation with you. I enjoy that. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, you don't see that online. And like a lot of the times that I buy, I buy a lot online, you know, for myself or to, to resell. And 80% of the time, it's, it's not a nice experience. No, the customer service with all these Instagram kids is so bad. Always a haggle. You got to wait <laughs> oh, like six, seven days for them to even ship your shit. It's yeah, crazy. and then they're like, you, you know, like you get something that's fake or fucked and it wasn't described. And then they're like, oh, no, you're tired. No refund. Yeah, no, for sure. No, it was, it was all about offering an experience. And uh, like, what am I? I'm just listening to, uh, you actually put me on, uh, I was watching, you were doing a lot of audio books. Oh yeah, totally. and I do. I live in the burbs, so I, I drive in and out uh, every day. So I, I started getting uh, audio books. Um, so I just I'm just finishing up uh, the Bobby Hundreds one. Nice, right? Good, good uh, you did that one, right? Yeah, I read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's crazy, like how much that one hit home with me. Just about how he talks about building an experience. Yeah, uh, building the culture around build, it. You got it. Like, yeah. like you said, I mean, we, we've got all sorts of cool shit in here. Even if you come in and do not buy anything, you will hang out for a while. There is so much to look at. Same with loose change. We had dudes that would come in on their lunch break and they had no intention to buy anything. They wouldn't buy anything, but they just wanted a break from their cubicle. It's like, take me back to my childhood <laughs> for 10 minutes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know what? I, I have just as much satisfaction in that as I do on selling a piece. That's super cool, yeah. man. Well, you guys have done a great job at that. Um, I brought a present for you. Go oh. um, I forgot to give it to you this at the beginning, but here it is for your wall. Oh, the Dance Macarena. The Macarena. <laughs> VHS. Oh, no, that's making the wall, Ooh, my man. Hopefully you guys will learn the dance key. first, and then you can <laughs> learn the dance. Learn the dance. Come on. I've known the dance, my man. Nice. Yeah, now oh. it's just the struggle. It's funny. Anytime I get uh, a new VHS. Now you're going to see it when we post our photos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the background. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's always hard for me when we replace one, though. It's like, what's Yeah, I know. I was looking at the wall. It's pretty classic, man. There's a lot of good yeah. ones out there. Yeah, there is some good ones. It's funny. We, we school the youngins on that, too. They'll come in and they'll stare at the wall, and they haven't seen, you know. Oh, for sure. A ton of those. And I'll be like, yo, take a take a picture of that wall. Go home and get your download on, man. <laughs> Seriously. If it's not on Netflix, download it. Yeah. For sure. Okay, so you guys met. Now you became good friends. And then your store closed. And then the idea for this store kind of was like, let's do it. How, did the store, did the space come up before the idea for the store or vice versa? So what, what happened is the lease, my lease was up at the end of summer. Um, it was... Uh, with loose change, like as far as a business, I was always in the green. You know what I yeah. mean? As far as what I was taking home to support my family was not always in the green. You know what I mean? Uh, so it was, a, I, I hit the crossroad, like, am I, do I still want to do this? Like, you know, I, I've got a, you know, a child at home. I've got to be realistic here. I could go get another management job and make a lot more money than what I'm doing right now. You know, uh, point blank. You wanted to talk about uh, running a shop, opening a shop, and you say these kids are like, "Yo, I'm, I'm going to open a shop." If you're doing it for the money, don't. Yeah, no shit. This, <laughs> this is. It, it's not like you know. I'm, I'm breaking bread every month. It's, but I love to do it. And again, it's quality of life. Yeah. Quality of life. I get to spend the time with my son. Uh, I, I absolutely love what I do. I love touching these pieces. I love meeting these people. Money-wise, 
it's hey maybe we can get there but we're no round two you know what I mean uh, yeah but I think you know going into your second venture you probably had a lot of uh, experiences from your first venture that you wanted to fix like you guys have lower overhead now here yes so that's yeah. huge right no employees remember I, well, no I, had, employees. I had an employee before it right it was, yeah you met Braz yeah shout out Braz one of the best guys uh, around um, and you know what? That was dope. I got to employ one of my best friends. Like I would never think that I would do that. You know, you asked me five years ago, like, would you have a shop? Would you be able to employ a friend? All of that sort of stuff. But overhead, it started to it started to take a toll, right? So yeah. I'm just like, if I want to continue to do this, how am I going to do this? So I reached out to Phil. I was like, look, man, let's let's get together. He's he's always been about those 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 fire pieces, that's where I was gearing towards. We kind of put our heads together and said, fuck it, let's do this. Yeah. You know, it, it is like, uh, there is no, there was no sit down for hours and write up a business plan, you know, if, while we're Who being honest. Who does that shit? Come yeah, on. Man. You know what, but hey, I, that being said, that being said, I, I would, for, for people that are looking into, to do, maybe the vintage game is a whole different game. There's no other retail store where you're getting messages going, what's the best you can do? There's no one calling a footlocker going, I like those, but uh, if I get two pairs, what are you going to hook me up with? You know what I mean? Yeah, so sure. the vintage game is completely different. It is completely different. You never know where your next score is going to be. You never know like if the picking is going to be good or bad. Yeah, it's For, so You know, like trends come and go, well, just in fashion in general, but trends come up and go down so fast too that you could end up getting stuck with certain things if like... Something it gets reproed or something, and the value drops. Yeah, man. Even working, like I've been working in fashion for ten years. The only thing I can forecast is what color is going to be cool. Like it doesn't apply to yeah. vintage because I get to see all the next season shit. But it's like it doesn't apply to vintage. I'll know what color is going to be hot next season. So, you're, so like, let's talk about this for a second. Oh, let's talk about this. First of all, I want to mention you are a fucking badass skater. Oh, thanks, yeah. G. Appreciate so I watch your clips. You're super good. You got to give me some clips to put on this. So I'm just gonna like either put a slideshow or I'll put some clips on the video. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you learn to skate in Vegas then? Yeah, man. We've actually like Vegas has some really good parks, like professionally built, like super nice ones. And um, I mean, I guess because any town with tons of money like that, people flooding money from all over the world, they're gonna have some some. Yeah, I mean, right? some of them are better than others. Like, they have indoor ones, but during the summer, it's just fucking Armageddon there. So, like, you can crack an egg and cook it on the coping. It's, like, 120 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, no shit. So, yeah, skating, it's, Two like... Two tricks and you're, like, drenched. Yeah, man, sunburn city. It's just nuts. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I just grew up doing it and then, like, just surrounded myself with, like, a bunch of the kids at school that were skaters. And, um, yeah, then I got fucking injured and really... Uh, Messed up my grind. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah you're back at it. Yeah, no, because you're like, like hitting handrails still and. Yeah, but I didn't have because now I have health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> you're in Canada, man. Yeah. You're in, uh, rolling to the hospital half dead and you're yeah. set. No, because like what set me back when I was living in LA, like I blew out my ankle. It um. I blew out my ankle at one of like the little SLS parks, and then uh, yeah, I went to the hospital. I went to Cedar Sinai's because I was like by my house. 20 almost three grand for an x-ray and an air boot because i like i lived in la i didn't have insurance health insurance the whole time i lived there <laughs> like i was just riding off my wife and like uh her insurance but i would just go to the emergency room if i had to and um yeah it was just crazy man i just don't i don't usually get sick that often so i'm like yeah if i break a bone i'll take the hit because <laughs> it's like 
they they just tax I, you I so hard. I just can't hard. believe that though. They pay so That's much wild. in the states. Yeah, it's man. Like, that shit can bankrupt you from one injury. Yeah. And anytime he talks about like healthcare and stuff like that, it just it's a reminder, like you know how good we do. Have Dude, it. we are so lucky here. And yeah. now that you're gonna be a Canadian. Dude, we have it so good here. I For all you Americans listening to this shit, if you can get to Canada, get here. Thirty yourself a Canadian. A month. <laughs> yeah, hunt yourself down a Canadian. But yeah, no, that's another thing. Like why I got into it because I knew it's like you just have it's a mental thing. Like it's all about the confidence. Like after I took that three thousand dollar hit, like I was making okay money, but it's like I haven't worked a normal nine to five job in probably ten years. <laughs> you nice. know, like I've always, I've just never been about it because like I just that was my life. Like from like 18 like 17 18 till probably 21 i had three jobs like i would wake up at four o'clock in the morning i wouldn't go to bed till like 11 30 or 12 and i'd wake back up at four o'clock in the morning and do the same shit over and over and over again and this was what this was this in was, las vegas yeah but what were you doing what um i was working in logistics so like i was a four because i did oh, okay so after those jobs were done you're like didn't yeah go. like i would just work in like factories because i found that job to be the most tolerable to where like you give me a sheet this is my shit to do for the day. Don't bother me unless I don't Leave get it done. Fuck alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Totally. And it's like, it's just one of those things. So I kind of gravitated towards that. And then, um, yeah, it was cool. Like, I lived off that. But then I was just like, once I had my daughter, I was like, I don't want to work a 12-hour shift to survive. Like, fuck this. Like, there's no way. So then that's when, like, we really made the transition to L.A. And then I made, like fashion my career because I was just like I can get paid to get my picture taken fuck yeah yeah so how the fuck did that happen so you're a model oh uh, yeah my wife like she told me she because when we met she was like hey do you like you could do this because I used to be like uh come on my wife tells me I yeah no nah, not everyone <laughs> no, it's funny so then like no nah, like I just I, was I wish like, my wife was telling me I was a model <laughs> fuck no, I was on like Facebook. No, it's like Facebook or like the MySpace and modeling some shit. I put some photos up there that she like took, and then uh, yeah, an agency in New York reached out to me, and then um, yeah, they were just like, hey, do you want to come for Fashion Week? And I was like, yeah, for sure. So then they like flew me to New York, put me up in like their model house, which is fucking terrible. If you ever get into fashion, don't stay in a model house. It's like ten dudes in like bunk it's beds. Zoolander, like all I no, can think when he told me it this. It is. It is. Zoolander. Section, like where they're all hippie out. Zoolander. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. No, it's like uh, low-income housing Zoolander. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a, Yeah, it's not all it's cracked up to be, especially in New York, because like I lived in hostels. Like I've been had to like it was well, just that's like whole... entry level shit yeah you're, exactly like, getting in the game yeah because there's, there's so many models that it's a hard it's a competitive thing right so oh, there's so man. many people that want to do it so they're willing to live in a shitty situation sleeping on the floor to try to be a model yeah. because if you make it you're laughing yeah exactly man and then it was just like years thankfully i had my wife to like help me she like helped me out a lot during that shit because i was like in new york i would be broke like about to fucking be on the street and she would like wire me money so i could keep doing what i love to do and it was just like it was crazy man so you enjoy it you enjoy no life. like yeah when i lived in new york like it was fun now it's kind of just like i see it as a job almost but it's it's not a job because you just show up like you talk with random people like all the time you meet new people all the time and it's just like you're essentially showing up standing around for fucking how many of our hours and just getting paid top tier dollar to do pretty much nothing yeah. Besides, so, <laughs> you this know? is so interesting to me. Yeah. So one thing I want to know is, is this, is modeling the side hustle or is vintage a side hustle? Or do you not differentiate? They're both a side hustle, man, because it's like modeling isn't all it's cracked up to be. Like I'm not booked five days a week. You know what I'm saying? Like there's downtime, there's busy times, but it's like you cannot just survive off of that unless you're a top model living somewhere. Like, yeah, I work pretty well in Canada, but it's like I do both of 
two things that I love to support myself and my family. You yeah. know, because it's like... Well, you're the luckiest man in the world. Then. Yeah, thank oh, you, wow. G. Yeah. Wow. yeah, no, it's just like, it's just one of those things because not everyone knows. Like, if you don't have a kid, you don't get it. And it just makes it so much harder to go to that job and, like, know that you're not... I don't know. It's just one of those things. Like, I've just never... Maybe it's because I was exposed to it so young and I knew, like, I can make this amount of money doing this yeah. and I kind of just, like, ran so you're with like, it. You're over 10 years deep in modeling? No. Yeah, almost. Almost 10 years in modeling. Yeah, man. Yeah, so now it's like second nature to you. Yeah, you just go to these meetings and it's like, that's the other thing, like so many accumulative hours, like you don't get paid to go to these meetings. Like you, I would, when I was in LA, I would drive an hour sometimes to go meet with someone and they tell you to leave right away. Yeah, and then what, one out of 10 you're booking? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's just like one of those things, but then like you could book a commercial and be set for the year. Yeah. It's just like one of those things and that's why, that's kind of so what what kind of work me. are you getting at this point? Oh, in Vancouver, it's all just like e-commerce. It's e-commerce, commercial, stuff so like that. So you're doing modeled clothing shoots for e-com? Yeah, it's just their website. Like, I'm pretty much a mannequin. I go and I wear your clothes, you take a photo of it, and then I go home. Nice. And <laughs> yeah. you still, you're still run through an agency, obviously? Yeah, yeah, because that was the harder thing. Like, because that's what, it, that was my plan when I moved to Vancouver. I was like, oh, I'm just going to give an agency and do this shit. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> I got here. No, that wasn't the case. They're like, oh, no, you need a social insurance number. So I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and now I'm just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then thankfully I found Value Village. <laughs> and, so uh, you st- yeah, so you're still waiting for social? No, no, oh, no. Yeah, I'm legit now. I've been legit for a minute. Um, yeah, now that's I'm fucking awesome, passport. man. I think that's super <laughs> cool. Okay, I think we should play a game. This is the game. This is how, how well do you know your partner? Okay? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but we have, one of you has to go away and somewhere where you can't hear us talking. Just earmuffs? Do you, do you have it? <laughs> no, I don't think we okay. have your mess. No, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go, uh, I'll, I'll step out. I'll, I'll step out. Are you going to go I'll, in the garden? In, in, the, in the back garden? <laughs> do you want me to go to Soho? Little Soho? <laughs> I don't know. Well, you, you can't hear us or it defeats the purpose. How long do you need? Like, just a couple minutes. Now, this is, uh, just so you know, before we do this, like, this is why it clicks with me and Phil. Like, Phil and I have known each other for about a year and a half. You know what I mean? Like, it's uh, so we're still our relationship is blossoming every <laughs> single day. So you know what I'm in, I'm looking forward to this because yeah. if, if we don't perform well, at least we're learning. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? Totally. Well, <laughs> hopefully we get some uh, some some right answers, or maybe not. Okay. No, no, no. That's uh, fair enough. We gotta well, play the. Okay, we're getting into the game here. This is how well do you know your partner? Okay, I'm gonna ask you seven questions, and you gotta tell me what you think Brent would answer. Okay. Okay. Or not what he would answer, but what's what's his zodiac sign? Oh man, <laughs> that's a tough one. Like I barely even know my wife's zodiac sign. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Don't <laughs> she can't listen to this now. <laughs> oh no, I know she's an Aries. <laughs> okay, well, you just gotta make a guess then. Um, Capricorn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Would he pick a rap tea or a mosquito head tea? Oh, rap tea. Okay. What annoys you about him? Um, man. I don't know. We don't, that's the reason why we click, because it's not like, I get that with most people, like, I come in contact with, because you can just find that thing, but it's like, man, it's, it's tough. There isn't, like, something stands out on top of your mind that's, like... Selling shit for too cheap. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. Is he a black t-shirt guy or a white t-shirt guy? Oh, black t-shirts, man. We can't get enough black (laughs) t-shirts. Okay. BMW or Audi? BMW. 
It's funny because all these, I'm the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to do... Uh, what's his favorite artist or rapper or band? Um, Man, I'd probably have to say Nas or Biggie. Okay, one more. What's his grail piece that he's yet to find? Oh, man. He just... Uh, Man, he just, just said talking it. About yeah, it? just talking about it the other day. <laughs> um, fuck, it was like an '80s cartoon. Oh no, I think it's um an adult size XL Alf T-shirt. Right, <laughs> that's so true. They all come super yeah, small. Yeah, always small. Okay, sweet. Go bring in your partner, and we're gonna switch it out here. All right. Okay, so what I'm gonna do, this is the how we play the game. I'm gonna ask you the questions I asked him mm-hmm. and see if he got it right. And then I'm gonna ask you seven new questions about him. All right. Okay, what's your zodiac sign? Oh, Aquarius. Ah, he got it wrong. He had no we idea. Ju- we, we just spoke about this too. Did you? He's February. I'm February. We're gonna hit New York for our birthday. So, okay, let's, uh, All let's right, continue. Well. Shows you how much he was listening on that combo. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what would he say annoys him about you? Ah, uh, oh, there could be. He had, a, he had a hard time figuring this one out. Really, eh? Yeah. Uh, I, there's all sorts of things I uh, I probably annoy the shit out of him, man. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I mean, I don't know what he would say. I think what what I could do is is I am because I've had a store before that I I, I kind of you know uh, took the lead on it and stuff. Um, but that's That's fair that's a good answer but it's not what he said okay he said selling too cheap oh yeah but he had a hard time coming up with anything yeah well no definitely but you know what good on him uh, for saying that and and thank you to him for for putting me into this position so yeah it's super cool it seems like you guys are a good compliment to each other absolutely so favorite artist favorite rap artist yeah or favorite uh, music? I mean, I said like rapper, band, whatever. Ah, uh, ooh, I don't know who he But is. I'm just going to, he went with a rapper, so. Oh, can, can we, there's, it's just, because I listen to so much, he hears me listen to so much stuff. Can you, can, can I get a hint? Can I get him East Coast or a West Coast? East Coast. East Coast. I, I listen to a lot of Nas. Yep, boom. Go. <laughs> rap tea or mosquito head tea for you rap tea yes checking boxes here man black tea or white tea I'm a black tea yes. guy yes Phil's a white tea guy we've, we've had this conversation <laughs> yeah yeah I'm a black tea guy so I got some of these questions right so what's a grail that you've yet to obtain oh that's a good one um I'm going to throw out a hint. They usually come small sizes. Oh, that story of my life, my man. <laughs> uh, shit, I, I, I can't call it. I can't call it. Most, most of my grails are. I'm a, I'm a big movie tea guy. So it, it would be in the movie tea uh, thing. And I have got it. Close. It's a TV show. It's Oh, it's a TV show, huh? Oh, shit. I bet you we've had this conversation, too. <laughs> um... I'm at a loss, man. Okay, he said Alf. Oh, he knows because I, yeah, yeah, good call. 
I found a bunch of Alfs, extra smalls, man. Yeah. Or 80s XL, aka extra small. Okay, BMW versus Audi for you. Oh, I'm a BMW guy. Nice. Okay, check. Okay, I'm going to ask you questions what he would say. Okay. Palace or um, off white? Just from what he's moved, I'm going. Ah, it's it's hard. What what he what he prefers or what he? Yeah, what he prefers. What do you want? I don't know. I ah fuck, that's a tough one. He's moved a lot of off white, so. I, he's a model, so it might lean towards that. Right. That's that's what I'm thinking. I'm I'm gonna go with the off white. Okay. Sweet. All right. Um, his favorite sneaker. He's a skater, right? Like I'm I'm a Nike cat. I'm a Jordan cat. All of that sort of stuff. Him like. Shit, he he likes just like a, and you know what? He's also he's he's in a Zoolander stuff, right? So he'll he'll like a, a Rick Owens or a, or something. But I'm I'm gonna go with a, oh, I'm I'm gonna go with like a, I see him in a lot of Vans. All right, he's wearing Vans today. Yeah. Little, would he go? Well, rather go to a little Yachty or a Metallica show? Oh, 100% Metallica. Okay, sweet. <laughs> okay. Would he rather go to London or the Galapagos Islands? These are just random. No, questions. no, they're, they're they're cool questions. I'm I'm going with like, I mean, he's a laid back cat. I think, uh, and he's probably already modeled in London. I'm going Galapagos. Okay, sweet. Best piece picked in the wild that he's picked. A lot. Of that that's tough. With uh, that, that's a tough one because we we've both come up. You know what I mean. We've both picked a lot of things. Is there one that always comes up in conversation that he's like would be on the top of his mind? No, I mean like like Phil put me on game with like sourcing online and stuff. You yeah. know what I mean. So as far as wild, I, I don't know. And then him in Vancouver, you don't come up on too many. He's definitely come up on some like. I think like his be- most profitable find. I think like a, a few months ago he came up on like like seven, eight off white pieces. So profitable that that was a good one for him. Okay. Okay. Then we got two more. Has he ever been hunting? Oh, yo, yeah, he he must have. Been. First off, he's American, man. Like yeah, true. And you know, from Nevada. Uh, and his, I, I believe that his uh, pops, if he elaborates, I think his pops is a crazy hunter. I remember sort of like his pops will go and like set up a tent for like a week at a time. Nice. So he has to have hunted. Do you know his favorite food? I don't know. His wife's got him on that vegan shit. So uh, I, I don't know. Where, that's all I hear him talking about is <laughs> plant-based right now. Uh, food, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to reach right now a good... A good Mexican dish, a, a taco or a burrito. All right, that's also another safe American bet, man. Then again, he's Italian, man. So I mean, I don't want to jump to stereotypes, but <laughs> okay. Well, we're going with that. Okay. Okay, bring him in. Let's see how he did. All right. I can sit here for this one, though. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, in yeah. for this now. You were finding scores in the street. Oh yeah, shout out our neighbor, uh, far out vintage. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, shout out the neighbor. I go in there. I was going in there before you guys opened. Actually, you know what? A big shout out to Far Out. Serena was the one that got us into this place and stuff. So yeah, because yeah, she's your friend from back in the day. Or? Well, she just uh, she just walked into the shop one day and just was kind of like, "Kate, you sell sports stuff. I don't want to buy." And I was like, "Hell yeah." Oh, nice. So she, you guys are doing some deals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was just looking to uh, to offload some stuff that didn't necessarily fit into her store. And she's a super cool chick. And uh, 
and yeah, we we've done business ever since. And she told me that a place could be popping up. She told me this months and months before I was. Was even... this place something else before you guys moved in? Oh, you should have seen this yeah, place, a man. Trap house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was crazy. We should almost we should almost link them with the, the before and after. Oh yeah, no. We'll you got the photos. That. Oh yeah, it's the first nice. photo on our Instagram. It, like oh, the sick. transformation. <laughs> okay, let's finish up the game. Okay, right. what? Would he say is your favorite food? Oh, I'm Italian, so hopefully uh, spaghetti. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He said Mexican, but then he then he reneged and he was uh, like, no, "But he's heavily, Italian." I heavily fuck with Mexican. That's probably uh, yeah, those are probably. Funny. No, I said I go. I'm gonna go with like a burrito or a taco, and then I stop and I go. You know what? He's Italian, so and then Drew's like, "No, nah, we're we're gonna stick with that one." So we're on board. Okay, have you ever been hunting? Yeah, actually, my dad's a big hunter. Okay, yeah, check mark. Best piece picked in the wild, or score in general in the wild, or like most valuable score you've ever had? Or... Oh, either the off-white haul that I had Check. at Value Village, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or uh, yeah, that's probably it, man. Nice. Shout out Grailed. <laughs> <laughs> Sick. Okay, would you rather travel to London, England, or the Galapagos Islands? Oh, London. I thought you'd already been there. No, I went to the airport and then I was, that's when the first time I quit smoking cigarettes was at Heathrow Airport because I was trapped in there for 12 hours. So I went outside and smoked like probably 12, 13 cigarettes back to back and then uh, took my 10 hour flight and didn't smoke for like nine months. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do it. Yeah, man. Just chain smoke them until you're sick of it. Yeah. You've been to the Galapagos before? Never, bro. Never. No interest? Yeah, I would love to. <laughs> I mean, it's totally opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. yeah. You know, no, like, I mean like vintage-wise, because I want to go see Paul MCR and get some dead stock. <laughs> He's cool. We all know Laddie. Yeah. He's a super nice guy. Have you yeah, dealt with him? No, never. No, I yeah. just I just watch. I just sit yeah. back and watch, yeah. man. There's some scores He's in Europe, man. man. And he yeah. knows of it. And there's other people coming up, because there's all these old rock shops that, you know, just like we have on Granville, like just an old rock shop. Yeah. But they just still have shit, man. Or like tattoo shops or record stores. Which I'm really surprised because it's so much rare like for Americana to, you know, or American-made things go over there. Yeah, but most of those ones Laddie's getting are like our Europe issues or like bootleg stuff or different versions than we had. Really? A lot of it, yeah. Even like the rap stuff he had. We were getting a lot of the rap keys when he first was getting all that stuff, like Lauren Hills and... Um, Puff Daddies. Did you just source it from him from over there? Yeah, he, we, he was just wholesale. Because, well, he started coming over and doing pop-ups in L.A., right? Yeah, but this was before he even ever came to Oh, wow. We met him the first time he came to Rose Bowl. Oh, it must have been like a couple years ago now, but super nice guy. That guy's rad. Okay, would you rather go see Little Yachty or Metallica? Metallica. Boom, check. <laughs> Favorite sneaker brand? Oh, Vans. Oh, Boom, check. <laughs> okay, Off-White or Palace? Personal preference. Palace. Boom, he said off-white. Yeah, off-white. No, to okay. wear, I fuck with Palace because I skate. So it's like off-white, I just love to sell it because it just moves so fast. I think I said something along those lines. <laughs> but Dude, you guys are tied. Four, four, four apiece. Oh, four man. out of seven. Beauty. That's not bad. That's pretty good. For a blossoming relationship. <laughs> that, totally. That this is like a game you play with your wife, but we made the questions a little more... You know what game this was? <laughs> this game, tell me this. Do you remember the game? What was it? You, you, you'll know. He's... There's certain things like even he's not too much younger, but it, what what I got? I got uh, yeah, like seven, seven years. Seven years, yeah. Seven years. 
What was the game where they sat in the race car, one brother in front of the, the sibling game, they sat in a little race car and they'd ask questions. Do you not know this one? Was it like a Nickelodeon thing? Were they young? It was, it, well, it was more of like a YTV, I think. Okay. I, th I think it was Canada-based, but same thing. You, you'd ask the, the questions and then uh, they'd come back and then you'd give the clap, no? <laughs> I don't remember, man. Vague memory of this. Oh, well. Sounds you, rad, though. If you don't know, now you know. <laughs> have to go look it up. <laughs> Have to look that up. So I'd say you guys know each other pretty well as partners. For only knowing each other for a year. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's a good. Uh, it's good. You know, in a nutshell, man. It's. Uh, I mean, where we both like. First off, I'm I'm a sports guy. I, I love sports. Phil knows like a dope sports tee and shit like that, but he'll also come at me and just be like, I'm clueless on the sports yeah, shit, man. That's where our, I mean? our collections complement each other you. so well. Like sometimes <laughs> I'll wear like a sports hat, and enough people will be like. How about Jimmy last night in the game? And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. No, same with him. But then, then you get like, uh, you know, the skate tees or the the fashion or stuff, yeah. right? Designer brands, and that's. So I mean, it was it was trend forecasting with his model career. You yeah. got it, man. Uh, Trying. You might have you might have model career, man, with those sweaty gym selfies. Dude, <laughs> shining on Instagram. Get, throw me in, coach. Throw me in. I asked him. I'm like, yo, does your agency look for plus size models at all? Like, uh, oh, shit. Yeah, no, but so far so good, man. It's it, it's been pleasant. I think it's only gonna go uh, up from here. That's super rad. So I've had partners. Obviously, now I'm partnered with my brother. Yeah. which I have been for like we started separate we worked together but we never like everything we were finding was our own deal until we created F as in Frank in 2007 so was that's that like 12 the, years was, we've been partners was that the Whistler store? that was the first Whistler store actually it was weird when we first started the Whistler store we partnered on the store but then everything that we did outside of the store was still personal really until he moved here in 2009 and then we opened the store here and then we just were like Where this is stupid from? everything's partner he was in Toronto. He's back in Toronto now. Like, are you originally East Coast? Yeah, we're from Niagara on the Lake, which is. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Niagara on the Lake. And that's and then oh, because for some reason I, I thought like you grew up towards like because I know you were uh, you were a snowboarder. Yeah. So I thought like the snowboard scene was big out there too. Yeah, I mean we had to travel to ride. We had to travel upstate New York because we're Niagara's right on the border. Of Buffalo, pretty much. My yeah. parents grew up in Buffalo. No That's shit. where my parents are from, man. My mom used to hang out with O.J. Simpson when he was on the Crazy. Bills. <laughs> yeah. Dude, and what that would have been like, we had season tickets to the Bills. My dad's a huge Bills fan still, even though... Apparently, they're having a good year. That's what I've heard. Yeah. I don't know if you guys are football fans. <laughs> yeah, no, I am. But from what I've heard, this is their first good year since their Super Bowl run in like the 90s when I was going to the games. But we had... My dad had tickets for some of those games when they were was he going, going to the Super Bowl and shit he never went to the Super Bowl but we would go to the season games those years they had the best fucking tailgate parties I'm sure like oh, your yeah. parents My ever parents went to Rich Stadium stories. I went to see Grateful Dead at Rich Stadium where the Bills Ooh. play one of my favorites wow. how old were you 15 <laughs> maybe 14 yeah did you um, go with Pops yeah, he took me and my bro. Sick. That was rad. I remember my brother like sneaking off with his buddy to go get high. But I was like, I was too young at the time, so I was stuck with my dad. But then I think my dad smoked in front of us at that show. Yeah, my Why dad always smoked, so he was pretty chill. <laughs> Went out of dead show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then what, so and then you guys came... Uh, so yeah, so I moved out... To do Whistler? Is that where you came? To yeah, I moved right to Whistler just to, to snowboard in 99, season of 99. And I lived in Whist till about 2004, then I moved to Vancouver. So once I moved out, I never went back. 
So you guys were operating the shop in Vancouver but didn't live here? No, the shop in Vancouver opened two thousand nine. Oh. I lived here, but we, I, I had the shop in Whistler when I lived here, and I would just go up on the weekends because oh, nice. I still wanted to ride. So I would just go up, drop stock off, check in, make sure everything was cool, get a couple of days on the hill, and then come back to the city and pick. Dope. Yeah, that's that was when, fun. That's when I was I was always in Whistler partying back then, and I oh, the were you really? The carpet oh, yeah. clubs. <laughs> that was our old little Aspen, man. Like hanging out with the Aussies. Oh yeah, it was. It's, Whistler's a great place, man. I yeah. mean, it's changed a lot. Totally. You know, but Whistler is... And then when when I first started following you and, like, you know, getting to know your, your story, I didn't even know that you had the store there first. I thought F is in Frank on on uh, on Maine was the first one. Yeah. And I was so curious, man. Sometime I got to meet up with you. I want to see some flicks of it. and like. And yeah, we got footage of... Or, like, at least good photos of the opening party in Whistler. We used to have wicked parties there. We were young, right? So we used to, like... Our opening parties, our opening party that was epic. We had a Mortal Kombat tournament party where like Ooh. we had like the original <laughs> Genesis and everyone's like fucking ripping rounds on that. Yeah, breaking controllers. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yo, my B's not working. This, yeah. this ain't fair, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, those were good times. Then we used to like throw parties at Garfinkel's and Garf, like link man. up with the bars and do events and. Gosh, yeah, I think Joe's a part. Was it a what was that? There's a club there. Cause the first time I ever went to Whistler was for Crankworks. Yeah, that's and a it big was party. fucking mayhem. <laughs> like, I remember the first time I walked into the club and I put my foot on that carpet. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> this is so oh man! If you've never been to Whistler, you'll see oh. when you go. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, about being about partners, like obviously I can I can do it with my brother. I've had bad experiences with other partners previous to working with my brother. I think there's like a, you gotta you gotta be tight with your your, your partner, man. Yeah. I think that's super important. Yeah, that's the best thing because we're both on the same page. Like we both have kids. We both like are about the be your own boss life, and it's just like we just mesh on a bunch of different levels, man. And that's it's just rad. been working out really good. And then it's like you get you give each other the space to do your own thing, but also yeah, no, like, it's take, like take care also, of the responsibilities within the business. And then there's no jealousy thing either. Like, cause we go have some, some stuff on like the wholesale, but it's like, it's a business too. It's like, if we're going to split something and only make $25 and you, I'd rather you take that and make that money for yourself. than me be salty about like, Oh, you found this. It's like, it's just one of those things. Cause not everyone's the same. And I think that's where we connect the most is on those things. Like, there's no jealousy. There's no like, oh, you found this or something like that. And it's like, we both have our pieces that we go in and wholesale on. And it's like, those are good business decisions. And then we both have our own separate things. And it's like, it just works out. You got to look at it like if way. he finds a crazy piece, it's like dope. That's going to be in our store. Yeah. Yeah. Not, oh, fuck, you found a piece. You're going to make a bunch of money on it. It's uh, it's it's what's helping our brand, what's helping our store, what's helping our customers. Um, anyway, I talked to Jace about... Um, how people now like will go picking together, like him and his homies will go yeah, out I was picking watching together. That, bro. <laughs> and I'm like, this is so weird because back in my day, early days anyway, I would never have been like, yo, homie, you want to go pick with me because you're just gonna find the shit that I'm hell no, find. <laughs> yeah, right? Hell no, I, you know what? I, I, I watch that and I, I it's, uh, you know what? I'm still not down with it. Like uh, I don't want to go. That's my that's my private time. That's that's where I want to find my heat. That's but now that we have something together, so if we go on thrift trips, if you know we go hit uh, Torgong, if we go see a wholesaler, it's it's uh, it's split. We just go yeah. in, yo, I like this piece, I like this piece, I think we can do well with this piece, 
it's perfect. If it's like an outside uh, entity that we're, we're picking up from, that's our own shit. But as far as thrift trips and uh, if anything that someone brings into the store, whether it was a client from Loose Change or whatever, it's, it's split. So we talked about that. At first we were like, should we split everything? And, uh, <laughs> and then like it started to get a little messy, right? Because there is certain pieces that, that he fucks with that I'm not super into. Except he's opening my eyes to those because at, at first I was like, ah, I'm not really feeling that piece. And then I watch Homeboy come in the next day like, that's the piece I've been looking for. <laughs> and, you know, vice versa. So it's dope. So we're learning from each other. But uh, uh, right now, no. Like it, the good thing with Loose Change is I used to take Braz, who was my employee, yeah. uh, thrifting with me. And he already knew he, he'd find dope pieces and I just be like put it in the cart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he, he wasn't and he wasn't necessarily a big vintage head. Um, so he was just trying to support and stuff. It is tough because I'm sorry, no matter what, like if, if your boy comes around the corner holding a mosquito head going, yeah. And you're holding, you know, <laughs> two Tommy Hilfiger shirts, <laughs> you're going to feel salty. I don't get fucking right. You are right. So at least this way, if we do that, if we go out together, cause it is like the companionship, the, the commodity, yeah. the, the company to have is dope. I, I do love that. We just don't want any jealousy shit in the way. So anything we go do together, it's it's split down the middle, man. Yeah, and it's not like we never go to the thrift together. That's one of the things. Like if we go somewhere together, it's either for a massive buy for like a rag house or somewhere where we physically need two people to cover as much ground or as possible. Or a thrift trip if we're out of town. Yeah, exactly. Like when we were in LA, go hit the bins together or like whatever, right? Then we can... Then, then we'll split it. But no, like on his days off, like yeah, he just likes to tune out, go hit the thrifts. I like to know, go hit the thrifts. And then, yeah. you know, you come in and... Makes and, sense. And, and let's be honest, man. We're not coming in with all that much <laughs> for the thrifts here anyway. No, man. <laughs> Surprised if you get any. Yeah. Um, okay, let's drop a little more info on opening a store. Like, what... Do you guys have, like... Was there hurdles of getting the spot open? Yeah, man. There was quite a few. As getting it ready. <laughs> like, uh, is, again, it looked nothing like this, right? Uh, we laugh. I think like the. the did, you, did you guys bring anybody in, or was it all? We had one on contractor for maybe five days, bro, and nice. then everything else was like elbow grease. And then it's just things too, like scheduling. Like my schedule fucked up a lot of that. And then we were kind of just like, in the beginning, it's like one person's doing more, but then we kind of came together on it and then that's when we really kicked everything in gear but then there's so many hurdles like he filmed the video the last thing our fucking racks came out this is of a the crazy wall. story so <laughs> what oh yeah, my this. god this is, a, this is a crazy story we were the night before opening we're uh we finally get it done like literally that day we finish up at around <laughs> around eight o'clock at night or something right phil Phil's, I'm like, you take off, man. I just wanted peaceful empty in here while I do our, our first video of like what, what the shop looks like. <laughs> I do the video. We get it all done. I'm just about to walk out the door. This fucking shelf comes down. Damn. Yeah. Uh, that was, uh, I went into fucking spaz mode, man. Like, <laughs> I know what that feels like, man. That last day before opening a store, you've worked like... 15 hour days for the you oh, know, yeah. leading up to that you're so burnt out and you're just like I just want to be done we had nothing left in the tank yeah, you know dude. what I mean and then but the one, I, I had to look at the glass half full thank god it happened like I, I was on my way out the door of what if I had walked in opening morning and that shit was oh, sitting on worst. the ground 
You're like, okay, everybody, about to open up, and then it's like rack on the ground. Yeah. So I think the the toughest thing we joke about was actually this red brick wall that we spent two days with us sitting with sponges, uh, about an inch by inch sponge. Oh, yeah. Fucking brutal. I mean, for people that can't see it, this is a very porous brick wall, <laughs> insanely porous. Uh, so we rolled it, and it just it it didn't look how we wanted. So we had to sit there with little uh, little sponges and dab while he took the upper half, I took the lower half, and but you know everything that we did here, even and we definitely argued a bit and or like got into some tiffs and like had to take our our breaks. But what doesn't break you makes you stronger, right? Yeah, so totally. I'm I'm glad. Like I think if we had walked into a spot that was polished, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have got us ready for the shot. Yeah, man, the the hurdles were wild, <laughs> and we still. It adds a whole another dynamic, man. When you do this, it's like there's so much freedom in just, you know, doing the random pop up, selling on Instagram. Maybe you have a website, but you can still literally travel and sell from your website from wherever in the world. Once you throw in like a store, it's like you have a home base. You have, you know, it's a it's a physical space. You got bills now. You got like your rent to pay. You got to. St- be here when people want to come by it changes so much it's so positive in one regard but like you you kind of like lose a bit of the freedom and i also find it's like you i mean keeping your overhead super low is super important because you can still get stoked on the garments it's like are you guys still as stoked on the garments as you are having the store as you were before you had the store I'm more stoked on the garments now. You're man. more stoked. Yeah, oh, bro. It's like, like I, I can't I, wait to get something in the store. <laughs> or not. Like, to, like if the store is dead, man, I'll just sit here going through the racks. Yeah. Which is dangerous because sometimes I'll end up taking something off the rack. Like, oh, nah, many this times. One, this one's going back <laughs> in the closet. We gave it a week. Yeah, we gave right. it a week. But no, I'm, I'm stoked. I, like, I, I, I really do uh, believe that we bring in pieces that... that that yeah, we, no, it's, it's awesome. You have great shit. That we would wear. Like, I almost I think, every piece. Because now I have, like, the store in Toronto, I have the store in Vancouver, I have Frankie Shop. It's like, I don't even know what's in half these stores now, you know? Like, my stores are way more generic grade, but what stokes me out now is to take all that wicked shit top-of-the-line stuff that we find and take it down to Cali. And, like, that's yeah. when I get to, like, be with the clothes. For me, it's like you guys being in your store. It's like when I'm in Cali, I'm with the clothes, selling to my customers, Oh, taking the appointments that's when you're in your zone that's you the to zone. travel to the sun well, anytime yeah. I've asked oh. you like you know when you when you and I have chatted before and I asked I always ask you about the bowl and shit you always light up man yeah and the I, bowl's great and that that it's like a it's a grounding thing for me we gotta pop our I, cherry man I know but oh, yeah, I've been you've trying you've never been in, in I know LA. I've been I've been like shadowing my buddy who um like told me about vintage he actually had a booth there and I was gonna sell with him cause like he got, it was, it was like someone was selling these blow-up mattresses or some shit. It was okay. like these things, and then they didn't Random. show up. Yeah, and then he What, knew. with him? He was gonna... He no, was... like, so the dude there, like, the person, he knows some contacted the bull, and then uh, these people just didn't show up, I guess, and then he just brought his shit out, because he was like, I'm ready to go. And then, um, yeah, ended up selling the bull, and then I was kind of there, like, shopping and helping, and man, that shit is so overwhelming. If you haven't been to the bull, plan for, like, a good 12-hour day to see maybe a quarter of what you yeah. want to see. It's, There's an art to it, man, and yeah, after going for a while, you know, okay, I'm gonna make sure I hit this booth, that booth, this booth. This guy always has like come up, so dump shit on the ground. This guy's like the ground spots. The ground spots. You're like if you can yeah. dig and find something on the ground, the you, know, you, you can still get a ten dollar come up. 
but then you can go to the next booth that ten dollar come up is two hundred bucks. Yeah. In the next booth right there, so it's like it's it's very hit or miss. You can find tons of grails, you know, and you could get them for five bucks, or you could get them for full bore retail or above retail sometimes. Yeah. The other uh, I did want to ask you. I know you're always busy with the bowl on Sunday, so you don't get a chance to hit the Melrose spot. Huh? No, I've I've been once. I actually this is a funny story. I went for I went to California to go to Rose Bowl and I was like me and Jesse used to only do about eight of the Rose Bowls. Now we do twelve. You do all twelve. We huh? do all twelve. I guess two Jesus. years ago we were like, fuck it, why are we even bothering missing? And we also got a permanent spot now, so it's way better. Nice. So this is before we had the permanent spot. I was like, I'm just gonna go down to the Rose Bowl just to buy on a Sunday, fly down for like a day and a night. I had some other business to take care of. I flew down and I timed it wrong and I showed up on the wrong Sunday. <laughs> I, dro- I actually drove to Rose Bowl. You, was, yeah, the guy who's been down there for how many years? It was ridiculous. I drove to Rose Bowl and I'm literally like, where is everybody? It's an empty parking lot today. So that day I went to Melrose and I checked it out, but that was that was before Melrose had its scene. That was before 1980 something was there. Like this was a long time ago. Yeah, but I hear it's great. You know, Chris is, loves it. Is Melrose just like a? Because I think I don't even think of it. That's the one by Fairfax, right? It's, it's Fairfax. at Fairfax High. It's in the parking lot. Yeah, I went there, but I was with my wife, and it was like strictly <laughs> furniture buying. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I never really got to go through, but. It's a mixed what, bag. Yeah, it's it like some jewelry like a, dealers. Yeah, it's a, a bunch of different of things. Vintage sellers, anything. Yeah. It's more like a curated Rose Bowl. <laughs> direct to consumer, like retail, hipster stuff. I don't know. There's still come ups there though? Yeah, I mean I would assume so. I don't know. I don't it's not like Rose Bowl though. Like the guys who are selling there are us vintage, nineteen eighty something co. I don't know who else sells there, but there's a few other guys who know what they're doing who sell there. So the prices are probably fair, but it's not five dollar tees. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you'll get come ups. I don't know. Though those guys Earthling VIP, they sell there. You know those guys. Those guys are dope. Oh yeah, you just. Um, I had them on the. Vlog. I saw them on the vlog. Yeah. yeah. No, they seem super chill, man. They, they are like super cool chill. Really, I like their style crazy too. Stuff. Uh, and they have the the pop up events in their house. I know. Their house man. is racked. Like it's Some dude super was in cool. from Portland uh, this weekend, and he said he went by their spot and had nothing but good things to say about them. Man, they've got they've got a really nice uh, curated selection that that hits with me. I like I like the shit they post a lot. Yeah, it's rad stuff. And yeah. they, they would be at our booth in the morning, Rose Bowl morning. 4 a.m., early bird? Fuck yeah. Oh, they were one of our first customers. For the last <laughs> the last like year and a half, you could count on them like running up as we're unloading boxes every time. Um, and, you know, they buy they buy good stuff. They buy a lot from us. This is before they knew about the, uh, the hotel or what? Yeah, I guess we had to invite them to the hotel at that point. It's funny because our hotel appointments always used to be just Japanese. Huh? Because the, the business wasn't so much about t-shirts like it is now. I want to talk about that actually too. But now we're getting like, you know, all these younger generations of kids coming for appointments and still some of the Japanese. But it's fun. It's, this business is like the stock market. It's like it changes. It goes up and down. Different things are popular one minute then they're down the next. And it's like... Travis Scott, man, morphing. driving up those freaking prices. <laughs> it's crazy. Anytime uh, well, it's you see It's got to be wild for someone like you that's been in it for so long to really see like you know like sure i've got a three-year look at it yeah and, and i mean it's changed like yeah even even three years the prices have if really you know exceeded what i thought they would but again what he just said it's because rappers are into it now this and that but like kanye thanks kanye yeah but i mean it's <laughs> that's one thing that's uh, that i always think about like you guys were doing this like there must have been times where like 
you were trying to you were trying to push shit. Like you almost had to compromise prices. Yeah, to sell shit. Oh, I mean, dude, like this this all over print Looney Tunes. That's like a that would have been like in our six dollar grade of like wholesale T-shirts for the for many years. Time machine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. And then we, it's funny you say that because I look at what my dad used to have, and I'm like, give me a time machine to go back to my dad's warehouse where he had. My dad's used to have a warehouse like Torgo. Wow, like amazing. big level shit. Where was this at? In, in, in Buffalo. Wow. Oh, in Buffalo. Yeah. Wow. Oh, he had a few different places. Toronto, he had some stuff. But then during my teens, it was all Buffalo. He actually had a sick warehouse that was in a World War II um, military base airport hangar. And the thing went down like 30 levels into the ground, but it was all condemned. But like me and my brother would like try to like figure out ways to like sneak down into the <laughs> depth of this place. We never could get too far. But anyway, so he would have all these... Gaylord bins, you know, the huge boxes. Yeah, the cardboard Car- like <laughs> Full of crazy shit, like epic t-shirts, um, like sick denim. And there would have been like half of the thing would have been like Big E's. Like wool baseball jerseys where like you can't even find one wool baseball jersey now, you know? Like all these commodities where you're like, just get me back there to have like an hour pick in this warehouse. Yeah, I remember you saying something. I think it was on a podcast about you came up on like a bunch of Adidas tracksuits or something. You would tell them like shit that you were looking for when you were a kid. And they'd be like, oh, I just found like a thousand pounds of this. Yeah, because we were ravers, right? In the 90s. Like (laughs) mid-early 90s. And everyone was rocking like the matching tracksuits. Two-piece from Europe, you know, Adidas. And we were like, dad, we can sell these to the ravers. And he's like, no problem. Here's a thousand. Yep. (laughs) Wow. You, You can't find that shit anymore. No. But so I wanted to talk about t-shirts for a second. This business is so focused on t-shirts right now. The vintage business is like run on t-shirts. Yeah. You, you think, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. A, which is crazy. It just seems normal right now because that's what's happening. But it wasn't always like that. Like it, t-shirts were a, were one part of the big vintage business where you'd be selling denim, leather, like leather's so dead right now. All these other commodities. How, like since you've been in it, has it always been t-shirts? For me, it's always been t-shirts, but it's like, if I see a hoodie or something I know I can make money on, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm just going to leave that behind. Because it's like, you have to adapt to the climate too. Like, we're in Vancouver. If I was in LA, I would never thrift a jacket or like a heavy down coat because yeah. I'm never going to be able to fucking sell it. Totally. But it's like, here even like the t-shirt thing is cool because like t-shirts move here in Vancouver even though it's like raining and shit because everyone just loves a good t-shirt. Yeah. But <laughs> we laugh. It's, it is tougher in Vancouver. You yeah, know especially I mean? if it's got like an someone's, amazing back print. Someone's going to come in and spend $300 on a shirt to wear a sweatshirt, a hoodie, and a jacket over top of it. You know what I mean? Like LA, it's, it's definitely like, but that's what me and this guy fuck with. Like I, I live for the t-shirt. Like I always have. Everybody needs a t-shirt. You know what I mean? Um, as far as is when we're doing wholesale off uh, uh, domestic buyers, it's the easiest and cheapest thing to get in. <clears throat> yeah, shipping is so good. That's why a lot of people fuck with it because it's like for the U.S. packet, it's like three bucks to ship it. Yeah, right? man. <laughs> so, I mean, not for us in Canada, we pay like nine bucks. So everybody out there who's listening to this, if you're in America and bitch about like Canadian shipping prices, (laughs) please don't. And realize that we're not taking that money. That money goes to Canada Post. Yeah, Yeah, they're crooks over there. (laughs) I'll be the one to say it. (laughs) But yeah, I just find it crazy how big t-shirts are. I feel like there's so many people collecting now. Like there's hordes of vintage t-shirts in everyone's closet. Well, you you just nailed it. It's collecting as well. T-shirts you can fold if you want. You can fold that into a four by four yeah. square. 
You know so what I mean? th- this is driving the market a lot, right? As people's like collecting it, people's nostalgia for the T-shirts that are out right now, all the '90s stuff, and then you know into the early 2000s, it's becoming super popular. And I just want, like, obviously I love it, but I'm wondering, like, how long is it going to last, and what's going to be the next thing? Crop tops. Cut your t-shirt now. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a good time to be in vintage. Um, so how do you th- what do you guys think of like the state of the game in general with like how popular it is? Like, obviously, you guys are saying it's super hard to find shit in the thrift. Yeah. But do you find it's easier to sell things because of the hype around it now? Oh, absolutely, man! It's like the the market. You can see the market whether no matter where you live, there's always going to be somewhere where you can reference what things are selling for. Even like some people just base what they buy off of what they see at round two. Like some people that live in LA literally buy shit just so they can go resell it to round two. Yeah, we have pickers <laughs> that come to the bowl just to go sell between yeah. round two. And then two minutes later, Sean will come in the booth. And that's so funny because then you're like, that guy just is going to bought a bunch of shit to go sell to you tomorrow. At your store. That must be tough, man. That must be tough. But he's so positive about it and he loves it because he's like, that's the the machine that he's built where yeah. he could literally not go to the bowl and still get all that shit from the bowl because everyone's going to bring it to him the next day. Yeah. No, and I've uh, just like a few things that I've heard with, you know, his outlook and stuff like, and we kind of take that on a bit. Of course, we're here to make money and shit. But if I see a tea and I'm only going to make $20 on it, but that shit is just so hard. That's going to make someone's day. You know what I mean? In the shop, I'll cop that. I'll cop a $100 tea to, to make $120. I'll cop a $150 tea to charge uh, $170 here and there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that, like you say, it makes someone happy. It keeps your grade super high. Even if you're not making all that money on it, it's like it's it, also marketing it, with a store, exactly, right? Exactly. I don't know if I would do that if I was an Instagram seller or whatnot, but it's just uh, with a store, you're you want the the best pieces you can possibly get, you know what I mean? And sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and uh, yeah, especially if you know it's a hot piece, it's gonna sell. It's a guarantee. Or oh yeah, close to a guarantee sell. It's get it for a less profit margin. Because you think too, if you're buying a tee for hundred bucks, you're selling for one forty. It's like that's only like a thirty percent markup or something, right? But then you're still making more money than buying a five dollar tee and selling it for twenty. That that was the it's more money in that year ago. Work yeah. too, man. Like that's the thing. Like the amount that you can make. Like say you buy a t-shirt for fifty dollars, you go and resell it for a hundred and fifty. Like that's people do that shit all the time. Like even people find shirts at the bins for a dollar and sell them for a hundred. You know what I'm saying? But they're there like from open to close. It's not like so there's other things that vary. But um, yeah, man, I would rather sell one t-shirt, make a $100 profit, than ship out 10 t-shirts and make $10 a shirt. Yeah, <laughs> that's, totally. That's how I look at it. Because I'd rather Ten just times like... times the work. Yeah, wow. man. Shipping, dealing with all those people, especially like online people. There's some wild ones on eBay, man. <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy the yeah. shit that people say sometimes. eBay is the wild west, man. Yeah. Okay, so... Tell us about your upcoming Halloween plans. Oh man, is this gonna be out before? Uh, is this gonna be out before Halloween? Maybe this weekend. When are you guys dropping the plan? We're, we're dropping tomorrow. <laughs> no, no, no. We're Tonight. dropping it. We're, dro- we're dropping it Saturday. 
So yeah. Be a oh, okay. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. I don't even. All, all I gotta do is cut a couple things out. Word. I don't. I, I spend zero time on editing. That's why I can get all this shit done. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, yeah. No. I mean, even uh, what probably like right when we first started opening, I a big goal of ours with this place too is just because of the vibe in here and stuff. We'd like to start doing some more installations, some more uh, features, things like that. It was like you know, Halloween's next around the corner. Let's. And everyone loves a good spooky tea. Let's let's be honest. Man. <laughs> uh, so we've been we've been in the we've been on the hunt for the last month and a half to just yeah. get some. Yeah, it's been about a month and a half because once everyone sees these teas, it's gonna be like, oh yeah, we just found all these teas at once. Like no, it took a minute to find yeah. all these. You know, like we found twenty plus. And it's tough not to post. Them, I too. know, like, man. When you that's get the your worst thing. These things, it's just like. <laughs> oh, just ugh. to have it. Yeah, but we've been hoarding them. So yeah, this weekend we're gonna do a nice little Halloween installation. They'll be for sale on Saturday and Sunday. Can you leak a couple of uh, your favorites? Oh yeah, we're gonna show you for sure. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll you. Oh, definitely. We, we'll, we'll drop them right now. We got a. Uh, we got about we, five Crypt Keepers. We got five, yeah, <laughs> we got a bunch of Crypt Keepers. Got some Chuckies. Got some Freddies. Beetlejuice. My my favorite. I'm gonna let you know right now. He wasn't up on game. You uh, might be, man. You know Doctor Giggles. No, oh, dude. Man. <laughs> Do yourself a Doctor Giggles. Doctor Giggles, man. People, people listening, man. If do yourself a favor, watch Doctor okay, Giggles. I'm watching it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Then again, I watched them when I was 10 years old, so it might not hold up <laughs> to a grown-ass man the way it did to a 10-year-old boy, but that was a really dope shirt. And, uh, and yeah, man, it's, uh, it's just fun to start to be able to, to focus on projects like this. Like with Loose Change, it was just go, 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 put out whatever you got. Here, it's, it's take your time, man. More curated drops and Absolutely. interesting stuff. Yeah, You got it. That is cool. I think we're good. That's an hour and a half. Wow. Oh, wow. Good, good chat. Great chat. Man. Yeah, we appreciate you coming by, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, appreciate it. Really if appreciate you're in it Vancouver, that. come in to Gastown Vintage. Open Thursday to Sunday. 12 to 6. 12 to 6. Follow Ring. these guys on Instagram. Ring the bell. <laughs> Ring the bell. If the bell's not there, we're not there. <laughs> <laughs> or... Crackhead just grabbed it on the way back. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we gotta figure out something on that one. <laughs> we got the bell lockbox coming. I appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. There's been some great reviews. So if you like it, please leave a review. Subscribe to the channel. And we'll see you next time.